Welcome to Center Points, the podcast of the Polium Center for Contemporary Media. I'm Jonathan Nichols Pethick, I'm the director of the center, and today my guests are Sharon Ross, associate professor of media studies at Columbia College in Chicago, and her student Connor Good. So, welcome, Sharon and Connor. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks. Thank you. For and uh, glad to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> to have you here. We were on a panel together at this flow conference that we're all at in Austin, Texas. You guys talked about um, something that really intrigued me, which was um, this water cooler journal. And I, what I want to do is hear a little bit more about that and how it's incorporated in the classroom, the ideas behind it in the first place. So uh, maybe, Connor, you could tell me a little bit about what this thing is and how it functions for you. Well, Water Cooler Journal really started with um, this idea that we wanted to update our already running The Water Cooler Journal at the time, um, which was completely academic paper-based. Um, but a, a faculty advisor and I, Chrissy Lomaster, were talking and we're like, how can we do this? And an Occupy Wall Street quote came up, which was... Um, only join creativity and gifts, G-I-F-T-S, um, create intimacy and connection. But we had a moment where we were like, well, what if we got rid of the T in gifts and made it gifts, as in, yeah. or if you prefer to call them gifs, um, as in the, the <laughs> social... peanut butter. Yes. <laughs> so we started with that idea, and it kind of just barreled out of control from there. And what we have at this point is basically a, an academic journal, peer-reviewed undergraduate, um, that is academic papers and think pieces and all those other forms of content creation, social media, in the same space to add context and color those papers and kind of create like whole thematic issues that go into all these different forms. We've got YouTube videos, we have GIFs, we have GIF <laughs> sets, we have image sets, we do, um, we've had a listicle at one point, um, and our, what I talked about on the panel specifically, uh, when we're approaching it from like how we're bringing this into the classroom is we're thinking of curation specifically as like this topic that we're looking at you know we're talking about there's so much content out there which has been a huge theme I think of the conference itself like what do we do about all this Um, we're looking at what happens when you're curating as well as putting out just calls for submissions and editing as well so bringing that into the classroom is a really interesting idea as well because um we're looking for a space where students are interacting with what the assignment is and not just getting the assignment, but a part of the assignment and sharing mm-hmm. it with the professor as well. Now, was the journal always online? Was it always an online mm-hmm. thing? It was always an online journal. Okay. So we just kind of figured it would be perfect. if, Because yeah. we were just an online journal, that was another thing that kind of drove it is like, well, why are we just an online journal and just putting text Text up there? And we've got to do something more because there are these other forms and other, I think that some, some of the time when we hit people who are like, I don't understand how you can do this. Why are you allowed to do this? (laughs) Um, There seems to be this kind of idea that because you're using images or because you're just extracting something and then adding a little spin on it or whatever from a visual medium, that that's not a form of criticism. I think people, the reason they do that is because it's so much more messy. It's, it's um, more sometimes intuitive too, which is what excites us actually to see how that can link between the written word as well. Yeah, there is something about you know doing academic work that it, we, we feel like it's got to be clean and polished and here's my argument and it's bulletproof. Right. right? And good luck trying to engage it, 
right? Um, and if we're lucky, we'll get a good writer who will have you know something something sort of pretty about their writing, and we like it. But you know, there is this lack of messiness that yeah. I think we become trained For sure. to do. And this kind of project is really nice. I want to share if you, Sharon, if you could talk a little bit about it from a, a, you know your perspective as, as a professor, mm-hmm. um, basically helping students run this journal, but also using it in the classroom. Well, I mean, this is the thing that's interesting to me because it emerged uh, from our critical studies class and um, to understand the kind of college we're at, Columbia College, at least our department, but really, <laughs> I describe it as fame for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 <laughs> I mean, it's essentially what it is. It's, it's people come to Columbia because they want to dance, they want to act, okay. they want to write, they want to perform, they want to do these things that aren't usually considered to be legitimate academic endeavors, yeah. right? And But we are a four-year institution that has the liberal arts requirement. And so this emerged out of, um, when I was brought into Columbia, I, I was brought in to academize, mm-hmm. if that's a word, um, students who wanted to write and produce and direct and edit and do all okay. of these things. And so I was brought in with that explicit agenda. So I was initially um, looked at somewhat suspect for that reason of like, why are you making me learn theory? I just want to go write <laughs> wow. and go to LA and do whatever. Huh. And what it is, I discovered in less than a year was that students who were writing and directing and doing post and doing motion graphics were completely ready to engage with this stuff. If you just connected it. Yeah to what their dreams and their aspirations were. That they essentially wanted to be storytellers and artists. And we were just having a really cool conversation about this last night, Connor and I, that all storytellers and artists are tapping into a fundamental human need to organize the way they understand the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what story does. And artists have the tools and the vision to do that. And theory provides a way to interpret it and to make it meaningful to the rest of society. So once we figured out that that was the connection, having a way to give students voice was just a natural. And the first natural step was very mundane. It was all text, online, but it was at least making saying undergraduates can do this. They are capable of these thoughts and expressing these. And then it became, well, okay, once we leaped over that hurdle of saying undergrads aren't ready until they've gotten through their four years. And once we dismissed that idea, then we were able to say, let's move beyond the standard text. Because honestly, in today's world and in the medium we're studying, it's about visuals and emotions and things that you can't, that text just can't pinpoint down. And that you have to have more nuance and engage with the messy because that's that's the human condition. Mm-hmm. The human humans don't think in text. They just don't. No. And visuals and introducing visuals and complementing that with text allows for the messiness that that artists strive for and mm-hmm. that audiences strive for. Yeah. And undergraduates, I think, this is maybe me being weirdly paternalistic, but I think in a weird sort of way, undergraduates um, have not become so jaded, mm-hmm. and they're able to embrace that messiness in a way that professors can't and need to be reminded of. Yeah. If I could also add to that, too, there was something I really wanted to talk to you about on the panel, but I know we wouldn't have time, so this is good. <laughs> this is, this is a good space to talk about this, but... Bringing up Columbia, bringing up this very specific institution, the way you framed it is very accurate. Um, 
but it, being an art school and um, talking about this, yes, I, students are less jaded when it comes to this thing. There is definitely... A, I worked as a writing tutor in the school's um, writing center mm -hmm. for a little while, and this this is it's not coincidental that I ended up the, that water cooler journal happened around the time that I left. <laughs> um, it, it's not I didn't have a problem with the writing center. That's not what I mean. What continued to happen is students would come in, and they would say, "Okay, I have this assignment. I just would like some help starting it, and it's a paper." Yeah. Okay, um, and then. They, wouldn't, they were trying to figure out how to frame thoughts, like to answer the question. And I would talk with them, and they would say, and we'd have this great conversation, and this happened so many times, I can't even like count or remember all of them in my head. And, they, and then I would say, well, why can't you just write about that? And then they have a second, and they're like, oh, yeah. There's like this sense of um, you actually don't have agency when you write a paper sometimes. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. There's this sense that you actually aren't allowed to talk about what you want. And I don't know if that's necessarily... I don't necessarily think that's part of the medium. I think that's a part of the structure yes. that's using the medium. Yes. And I thought that specifically Columbia, this Columbia College Chicago, this is the best school I could possibly think of to start an initiative like this, yeah. a journal just like this, because we have so many visually minded students mm. who they they're more comfortable with other forms of expression mm -hmm. and not to say that we can't make them uncomfortable, but that we should be acknowledging and admiring that these things are valid forms of analysis as well. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it, what you've described at Columbia is really interesting to me because at DePaul, we have something of the opposite uh, mm -hmm. uh, problem, which is we struggle very hard to include production into the curriculum. We have a lot of students who are very good at writing papers and they mm -hmm. know how to do it. And they're interested in production, but our, you know, for better or for worse, our faculty have been resistant at times to this. And um, there's a lot of suspicion about anything that smacks, uh, with, with the exception of art uh, classes, Club. right, yeah. of course, okay. but, and theater. Um, there's, anything, there's a big suspicion of anything that smacks of any kind of pre-professional training uh. or anything like that. And so um, we've had to work very hard to include production in. And of course, I come at it from the idea of production and criticism are the same thing. Yeah. Really, they're just, they're just working on the, from different Going uh, back and forth. perspectives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That to be a critic, you really have to sort of be able to, to think creatively and pr productively. And to be, to be a producer is to, to engage in a kind of criticism. Yeah. Um, pretty much all the time, unless you're doing something really banal, right? That's a really right, refreshing right. thought when you also frame it that way, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so it's it's really interesting to me that you guys are, are having a, something of a similar uh, sort of uh, growing pain at one point, yeah. um, uh, but from a different angle. In terms of explain to me the the look of this thing, like mm -hmm. so, um, and I think I'm going to ask for a link. Is it is it public or is it private? To it's public. Yeah. It's oh, public. it's completely public. Yeah. So, we can give you the Twitter. We can give you all the stuff. All right, Twitter, we, Facebook. All right, all so all it. the listeners will need to know that I will provide a link to this so that people can see what you're talking about. Um, but talk talk to me about sort of using gifts in in this form um, and how that would operate. That's something that is very very important to not just me but I think to yeah. everyone at Watercooler Journal mm -hmm. um, because. Um, we are working with all of the forms and all of the stuff, so we have to find an aesthetic that is 
comparable for all of them. And so what we kind of go with is we try to replicate is an art gallery kind of setting. So what we do is we we use a service called Tumult, and it's an interactive, um, it's a coding service. It helps us in, embed an HTML widget. But in that widget, we have an interactive issue. So you, when you get to an issue, it's this mosaic of images. And when you scroll over the mosaic of the images, it'll fit, the, the image will fade and show you the title of the work. It's not going to show you the meaning of the work, but when you click on it, you'll go to it. And so if you're going to a GIF, you've got, we use a I'm going to details of design because this is just something that's very important. But um, we use uh, a blank white space for the whole for the rest of the site except for the banner at the top, so that you can focus extremely yeah. on that image. And then there's just a credit of where it came from right underneath. Um, every once in a while, there are more detailed credits because of you know certain reasons. But and then what, for papers, then is we actually have the way we organize our issues. Underneath that mosaic, that you that which is like an index page, really, or a table of contents, um, is what we have is the papers are also in that gallery setting. Yeah. So you scroll through them all, and you navigate through them with an arrow on the side that you okay. can click through. And so when I say the papers are in that gallery setting, is you'll scroll through a paper, and you'll see what we use the service issue, ISSUU, to um, upload our papers, and then you have. Um, a paper in the center, you click on it, and it expands to your full screen. Okay. So then you can read the paper in the full screen and navigate in and out of that. So mm-hmm. design is very important. Yeah. So uh, we, we can create that space. Um, one thing that is um, intentional but also is its own curse from as a design flaw is that you can't click on individual papers as their own individual links oh. or, or works within any of the works that we publish. You can if you go to our issue profile picture. Yeah, sorry. You can if you go to our issue profile page. You can find all those papers individually and click on them for sure. But on our site, on our, in our issues, they're specifically you can't click on them individually and share them because what we're trying to create is a whole yeah. experience right. and a whole analytic intuitive a conversation. A, okay. conversation. a conversation. So the issues are built around a theme. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. usually, what we're, what we're going towards now, because I mean, we've been around for almost a year, and we've been experimenting with what what's working the best, not only just for what people are engaging with, but also what we're finding the most insight from mm-hmm. when we're putting things together. And what we've really kind of settled on and understanding is that if we gear our calls towards specific um, TV shows and fandoms involving those TV shows because we essentially become a journal about fandom, interactive yeah. fandom, um, unintentionally, but it, that, that's yeah. what happens yeah. and now that's what we are. Um, this semester what we're doing is we're doing specific TV shows that haven't been written, written about enough but already are developing called fandoms. So we're talking about Orphan Black, we're talking about um, Hannibal and Sleep Hollow. Those are our three issues that we're doing this semester. Um, so yeah, we're trying to also have that, I, I guess, I know I'm rambling, but I guess, I guess what we're really actually the the attempt to do these shows, which haven't been written academically a lot about yet. And that's what, what that's what yeah. I mean. Is we're trying to get the multimodal part in it right away, right yeah. from the front, yeah. so you can see that this is a valid form in in, it, yeah. in that space. So, does this is this a standalone um, project now, or is it still part of a class? Experience? It's pretty much it's standalone, and what we because we. <laughs> because we're kind of that kind of messy department yeah. in that weird sort of way. Um, our critical studies classes, we have we have a critical, I think it's literally called critical studies it's or called, critical yeah. analysis, um, right? Yes, it's critical st- television critical studies. Yeah. 
And then we have a series of like studies classes. Like we have a class on Louis, and I'm hoping to do a class on Orphan Black, but I have to wait a year. It's got to get to season three yeah. before I can legitimate <laughs> class. Um, There's a lot. So part of what we can do is like what we're trying to do, and it's kind of like um, professors are clearly much more resistant to this sort of approach. So what we try to do with our teachers, and we're just really starting this this year, is encourage them but not mandate that they look at the water cooler as a place where they can send their students projects right that here's what the water cooler does and if you want to do the paper you could send it to water cooler if you want to do this kind of paper or project that could also go to water cooler so we we're trying to expose them particularly in the main critical studies class because um, mm-hmm. the main faculty advisor for water cooler teaches one of our critical okay. studies classes is um, to encourage them to build their assignments around that. And it's a gradual process because the class was originally built very kind of conservatively and traditionally of like a research paper, um, a presentation. And so we're trying to figure out um, how to rearrange the class to allow for the assignments. And as a teacher, the hardest element is the grading, right? Because of the messiness, because students, most of them, uh, don't like messy when it comes to their grade, no. right? When it comes to the assignments, no problem. When it comes to the grade, it's a whole different issue. And yeah. that brings up all sorts of larger administrative issues about grades and how they're assigned and subjectivity. So we're kind of experimenting with it. And one of the things that I'm doing, uh, for example, with a five-week community class I'm doing is I gave them four options. One was um, you can do fandom of community, you can do a, a spec script for community, you can do a traditional paper on community, or you can do a character analysis and project where they're going to be post-Greendale. Mm-hmm. And what I've told all my students is, um, when you're done, if you want, I want you to send this to Water Cooler. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do a theme issue on community, maybe they won't, maybe it'll just fit on some other theme, maybe it'll just go into archives, who cares? Think about it and get them to go look at this journal. Yeah. I think we would love to do a theme issue of community. I'm pretty sure stuff. y'all would. <laughs> but you know, you're all limited on your time. And the other thing really is that we want to expand this, and it actually already is, beyond Columbia, is that we want other undergraduates at other institutions and other teachers yeah. to be like, hey, you could actually get your idea out there yeah. with other undergrads and hear their thoughts yeah. and get feedback because a large part of also is there's a lot of social media combined yeah. with this as well. So it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing mixing it in and it's 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 invigorating though for the teachers. Yeah. It really is. It gives them a lot of freedom and we luckily are in a department where we have some flexibility yeah. in that regard. And and to go like um we're not just interested in also sharing the fact that you can submit to Watercolor Journal and you can use Watercolor Journal, but that um, we're very committed to keeping an open um, yeah. process. And um, one thing that we're we're planning on doing towards the end of this year into next year is releasing on our site our Bible of how we do what we do. Nice. As a theor- as with theoretical models, all the stuff that we what we use because it's a very messy process. Yeah. I mean, we want to be able we want to be able to share this. Um, because we really believe in what we're doing as as something that's important and empowering, but also extremely valid. <laughs> I'm going to keep going back to that valid thing because yeah. there's so much, so much of fandom and interactive fandom, and the pieces that come out of it have not been appreciated in in, in those ways. But yeah. 
one thing, like, to talk about the ways we are interacting with the classroom, I mean, specifically at Columbia, even, like, if you omit Waterpool Journal for a second, like, the Columbia classrooms, there are video essay components that are involved, which are, I think, people are gravitating towards more, specifically, and professors are as well. Um, We've done a few experiments, like, trying to figure out, you know, what will will students do, and I'm just talking about Waterpool Journal now, and one thing we'd like to do this year, we're we're in talks about doing this now, is gearing the critical studies classes towards um, YouTube literacy discussion and YouTube literacy criticism because we would like to do an all YouTube issue and this is a great way to go right into the class and bring that out. Exactly. Um, But but yeah, so that's stuff that we're playing with and trying to to figure out and I see that as a very, that's a long-term goal. Yes. Is to figure out what is the best best method of synthesis that this is, you know, it's it's a largely extracurricular institution at the school. And it has some ties with the critical uh, studies classrooms. I mean, one of the easy way, things right off the bat is that we could really very easily do is know that there is a class. Uh, for instance, we you just mentioned you're doing a community class. Know that there is that community class and geared an issue towards that exactly. and bring that directly into yes. the curriculum through the professor. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Well, this is a, this is an amazing idea, and I just have to say I'm, I'm so glad that we got a chance to talk about it. Um, I, I'm. It's exactly what I've been. I've been imagining uh, the next step in, in media education should be. Mm-hmm. Um, that is awesome. <laughs> so, uh, because you know we've spent so long being sort of mired in these little silos, right? About you know you're going to write your paper for your professor, and that's going to be one and done. And but to have this more public venue in which the, there's a lot of experimentation going on of thought. It's being run, driven by students. It's being driven by the curriculum as well. Um, this just strikes me as. Doing the kinds of things that um, excite us as as scholars and professors, and that we don't often get to do as teachers because we yeah. feel sort of um, compelled to uh, re um, reiterate all those sort of rules we learned yeah. in, in school about this is the paper and this is the grade. And so I like that this is kind of exploding that model. I just want to thank you both for for uh, coming oh, and talking to me. This is yeah, this awesome. has been terrific. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. My guests today have been Sharon Ross, Associate Professor of Media Studies at Columbia College in Chicago, and her student, Connor Good. As promised, the URL for Water Cooler Journal can be found at watercoolerjournal.com. That's watercoolerjournal, all one word, dot com. You can also follow them on Twitter at, at watercoolertv. This has been Center Points.